Section one of the American Postal Service, second edition. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The American Postal Service, second edition by Louis Melius. Chapter one. General Postal History. The need of communication was doubtless one of the earliest activities of the ancient world, not for public use, but for government purpose. In Holy Writ, we learn that the Israelitish nation made early use of the means at hand. In the first book of Kings, it is stated that Queen Jezebel wrote letters in Ahab's name, sealed with the king's seal, and sent them to the elders and nobles in the city in the book of esther mention is made of sending letters by posts to all the king's provinces there are also evidences that the assyrian and persian nations established stations or posts a day's journey apart at which horses were kept ready saddled with waiting couriers for the transmission of public orders and edicts xenophon mentions that cyrus employed posts throughout his dominions and herodotus speaks of the large structures erected for post stations the mail service in china dates far back into antiquity it is said that in the fourteenth century there were ten thousand mail stations in the empire peru remarkable for its early evidences of civilization had according to the historian prescott communication established from one end of the country to the other there is however nothing to show that ordinary human affairs received any attention at this early period the activities of rulers being devoted entirely to governmental interest and concern the affairs of commerce and trade were probably carried on by personal enterprise by voyages of trade discovery by water or expeditions on land the method of using couriers for transmitting intelligence was evidently long continued being the only means known by which such need could be met or the one which most naturally suggested itself the romans employed couriers for the promulgation of military and public orders to their scattered provinces private letters being sent by slaves or by such opportunity as occasion afforded it is said that charlemagne employed couriers for public purposes but the practice was discontinued after his death special messengers being used when occasion required england employed couriers for public purposes in the thirteenth century and in the fourteenth century louis the eleventh returned to the practice of employing mounted couriers and established stations but only for government purposes the beginning of personal communication as early as the beginning of the thirteenth century the need of personal communication was recognized and the university of paris arranged for the employment of foot messengers to bear letters from its thousands of students to the various countries in europe from whence they came this plan lasted until seventeen nineteen in the fifteenth century an attempt was made and the custom prevailed for some time of sending letters by travelling tradesmen or dealers who made regular trips in certain directions for barter purchase or sale 
the tremendous stimulus given to the development of commercial conditions by the crusades made business intercourse necessary and the post riders who had surplus horses soon found use for them in the conveyance of passengers and ultimately in the transmission of general information which finally resulted in a fixed compensation and which method remained in use for a considerable period the real beginning of letter posts for private and business purposes dates from the year fifteen sixteen when roger count of thurn established writing posts in the tyrol connecting germany and italy a letter post had been established in the hans towns in the thirteenth century but the actual commencement of such activities dates from the year fifteen sixteen the emperor charles v made these riding posts general throughout his dominions and appointed leonard count of thurn his postmaster-general the counts of thurn and taxis held this monopoly by regular succession for many years afterward the rapid growth of english civilization made postal progress necessary for its people and this brings us to the period of most interest to students as well as the average reader the postal history of england as much of our postal system is naturally based on that of england from our early colonial dependence it is of interest to note the various steps of english progress and development in connection with the subject the first english postmaster-general of whom any account can be given was sir brian Tooke, who is described on the records of the year fifteen thirty three as magister nuncrorum cursorum sire posterum but long subsequent to this appointment of the postmaster-general the details of the service were frequently regulated by proclamation and by orders in council during the earlier years of queen elizabeth most of the business of the postal service to and from england was managed by the incorporated merchant strangers who appointed special postmasters among themselves the accession of james i necessitating more frequent communication between london and scotland led to many improvements in the postal service it was ordered that the posts should travel not less than seven miles an hour in summer and five miles in winter in sixteen nineteen a separate postmaster-general for foreign parts was created thomas witherings was one of the successors in this office and entitled to rank as one of the many conspicuous postal reformers in the continental service all letters were then carried by carriers or footpads sixteen or eighteen miles a day it required two months to get answers from scotland or ireland to london he directed that all northern mail be put into one portmantle directed to edinburgh and separate bags to such postmasters as lived upon the road near to any city or town corporate which was the first step in the separation of mail since carried to such perfection here and elsewhere penny postage attempted the income from the post office in sixteen forty three was but five thousand pounds ultimately the posts both inland and foreign were farmed out to john manley for ten thousand pounds a year by an agreement made in sixteen fifty three about this time an attorney of york named john hill ventured upon the plan of placing relays of post-horses between that city and london and undertook to convey letters and parcels at half the former charge he aimed to establish penny postage for england two penny postage for scotland and a four penny postage for ireland 
but the post office was regarded in that day as a means of revenue and incidentally of political espionage and government did not approve of such individual enterprise his letter carriers were literally trampled down by cromwell's soldiers and the enterprising attorney narrowly escaped severe punishment another attempt at penny postage for london was established by william duckerraw a custom-house employee and robert murray a clerk in the excise office duckerraw carried for a penny and registered and insured both letters and parcels up to a pound in weight and ten dollars in value he established hourly collections and ten deliveries daily for the central parts of london and six for the suburbs the duke of york had however a patent covering this service and suits were laid against him which put an end to his enterprise the systematic employment of women in post office and telegraph service was for a long time an experiment and a problem but it afterwards proved a success under new regulations in eighteen seventy women were employed as telegraphists for eight hours daily with pay according to age intelligence and practical experience at the close of eighteen eighty there were a thousand women so employed in the cities of london edinburgh and dublin and nearly as many in minor postal positions throughout the kingdom general post office at london the necessary authority for the establishment of a general post office at london to cover the british dominions including the american colonies was given by act of parliament in sixteen fifty seven under this act the postal affairs of england were conducted for a great length of time with but little if any improvement it was not until the memorable pamphlet of sir rowland hill was issued in eighteen thirty seven that any real progress was made or any attempt made worthy of mention postal conditions were so unsatisfactory that he made the whole subject a matter of profound inquiry and his pamphlet on postal reform stirred the nation and led to a complete reformation of the entire postal system and was the beginning of the british post office as we see it to-day the important events in english postal history given above and that which follows in chronological order are abridged from the encyclopedia britannica eighteen ninety one through seventeen twenty organization of cross-roads and rural posts seventeen fifty three establishment of post office in american colonies under benjamin franklin seventeen seventy four improved mail coaches and organized mail routes eighteen twenty one first conveyance of mail by steam packet eighteen thirty first mail coach by railway eighteen thirty four postage stamps invented by james chalmers dundee scotland eighteen thirty five overland route to india eighteen thirty eight postal money order system eighteen forty general and uniform penny postage per half ounce eighteen fifty five first street letter boxes put up in london eighteen fifty six postal guide issued eighteen sixty one postal savings bank instituted eighteen seventy transfer of telegraph to state and postal cars introduced eighteen eighty one postal orders issued eighteen eighty three parcel post established french and german postal history the french postal system was founded by louis the eleventh in fourteen sixty four 
it was largely extended by charles the ninth fifteen sixty five and generally improved under henry the fourth and louis the thirteenth napoleon abolished the board system by which the french service was then conducted and recommitted the business to a postmaster-general as it had been under louis the thirteenth napoleon greatly improved the service in all its details and the measures he adopted and the reforms he introduced in eighteen o two remained in force for many years afterward and are probably in use now with such additions as developments suggested the most important reforms in french postal history were the extension of postal facilities to all the communes effected under charles x eighteen twenty nine adoption of the postage stamp eighteen forty nine under louis napoleon issue of postal notes to bearer eighteen sixty postal savings banks instituted eighteen eighty the development of the prussian or present german postal system was mainly due to dr stephan who was also the chief organizer of the international postal union this prussian system incorporated into the admirably organized post and telegraph service of the empire began with the great elector sixteen forty six in strasbourg a messenger code existed as early as fourteen forty three a postal service was organized at nuremberg in fifteen seventy the first mail steam packet was built in eighteen twenty one the first transmission of mails by railway was in eighteen forty seven telegraph service in postal affairs eighteen forty nine a regular delivery by letter carriers attached to the state postal system existed in berlin as early as seventeen twelve these principal items of postal history concerning france and germany are condensed from the excellent articles upon the subject as found in the encyclopedia britannica edition of eighteen ninety one as well as the information on english postal history for which acknowledgment is made in its proper place relating the postal history of great britain the american colonial period the earliest attempt to provide postal facilities for the colonies was in 1672, when Governor Lovelace of the New York Colony established monthly service between New York and Boston. An office was later established at Philadelphia, from which weekly mail was received and sent. By the signing of letters patent in 1691, the control of the American posts was vested in Thomas Neal, commonly called the Neal Patent in that year neil and the royal postmasters-general appointed andrew hamilton postmaster-general of america all the colonies except virginia cooperated with him in improving and extending the service a weekly post was established between portsmouth new hampshire to boston saybrook new york philadelphia maryland and virginia five riders were engaged to cover each of the five stages twice a week in 1707, the Crown purchased the goodwill of the American Post and continued John Hamilton, the son of Andrew, in that office at an annual salary of 200 pounds. In the year 1737, Franklin became postmaster at Philadelphia and generally supervised the other offices of the colonies. In 1753, he was one of the deputy postmasters general, but was dismissed in 1774 by Governor Hutchinson of Massachusetts because of his adherence to the patriotic cause. Under the Continental Congress 
but franklin was not to remain idle for when the continental congress met at its second session at philadelphia july twenty sixth seventeen seventy five they resolved to have a post-office system of their own and he was selected to carry on the work a salary of one thousand dollars per annum was voted him with permission to employ a secretary and a comptroller with a salary of three hundred and forty dollars per annum to each and a line of posts ordered established from falmouth new england to savannah georgia with postages twenty per centum less than those afforded by parliament however franklin's great diplomatic ability soon secured him a transfer to a wider field of usefulness and his son-in-law richard bach who had been comptroller was named to succeed him the ledger kept by this gentleman is still preserved among the archives of the department it consists of about three quines of foolscap written over in a neat and legible hand ebenezer hazard who had been the constitutional postmaster at new york so termed to distinguish him from the british deputy at that place was appointed to succeed him in seventeen eighty two an act was passed by the continental congress establishing a line of posts between new hampshire and georgia the salary of the deputies not to exceed twenty per cent of the revenues the rate of postage at that time on letters weighing not over one pennyweight and going not more than sixty miles was equal to five and a half cents and a proportionate charge for greater weights and distances the crown postmasters in a well-written article in the washington d c evening star of july twenty sixth nineteen thirteen upon the occasion of the celebration of the one hundred and thirty-eighth year of the american postal service the activities or self-assumed powers of the english or crown postmasters and its effect in encouraging the independent sentiments of the time was stated as follows Quote, these crown postmasters had or at least they exercised the right of spying upon the mails entrusted to their care this made it difficult and dangerous for the liberty-loving colonists to communicate with each other the zealous representatives of england also professed to exercise a supervising care over the newspapers which were printed in the colonies and made arbitrary rules and regulations against those who were too liberal or outspoken in their expressions of condemnation of things as they then were and who dared to urge the liberty and independence of the colonists some papers were shut out of the mails and some were forced to tone down their utterances a pound sterling was demanded to carry two hundred and fifty papers a hundred and thirty miles the post office led in the unification of the colonists paul revere was the confidential post rider of massachusetts the tea party in boston harbor would have been but a neighborhood affair but for the agency of the post office and the patriotic publishers who spread the news up and down the atlantic coast the postal service did more than any one other agency to unify and unite the colonists it brought their interests and endeavors to a common meeting point it brought the leading men and women to know and exchange ideas one with another printing presses were established about the same time that the postal service was begun in america postmasters enjoyed the privilege of sending their mail free of postage so most postmasters became publishers in this way the news of the doings of the various jealous colonists was disseminated and the opinions of these early postmaster publishers were given wide circulation it added an incentive to trade and intercourse 
by making the colonists acquainted it dissipated jealousies the growth of the post office from the humble beginning of a sturdy carrier from new york to boston loaded with divers letters and small portable packages you see they had parcel post even in those days solidified the colonists and made their independence possible End quote. post offices and post roads established during the continental government the receipts of all the post offices did not exceed thirty five thousand dollars and in seventeen eighty nine were ten thousand dollars less february twentieth seventeen ninety two an act was passed establishing post offices and post roads within the united states the first general law the contracts made were to run eight years and the salary of the postmaster-general was increased to two thousand dollars and one thousand dollars for his assistant the original number of post offices that is for the first year was seventy-five and the mail routes less than two thousand miles over which mails were carried by horse stage or sailing packets in seventeen ninety five the number of post offices had increased to four hundred and fifty three and the routes to over thirteen thousand and the net revenue to over forty two thousand dollars this closes the period of continental management except ordinary details and changes which bore no relation to any especial object or purpose the period of progress from eighteen o one dates the great advance in modern methods ideas and accomplishment it then occupied forty days to get a letter from portland maine to savannah georgia and bring back an answer and forty-four at philadelphia for a reply to one addressed to nashville tennessee ten years later the time had been reduced to twenty-seven and thirty days by eighteen ten there were over two thousand four hundred post offices and the post routes covered over thirty-seven thousand miles marked improvements began soon after this period the office of second assistant postmaster-general was created and the scale of postages changed single letters of one price were charged from eight to twenty-five cents according to distance sunday delivery of mail at post offices was inaugurated about that time in the face of great objections from the religious bodies of the country the strife being kept up for many years in eighteen thirteen the mails were first conveyed in steamboats from one port town to another the government paying three cents for each letter and one cent for newspapers the postal laws of eighteen sixteen made a further change in postage which lasted until eighteen forty five the new scale charged letters consisting of one piece of paper not going over thirty miles six cents not over eighty miles ten cents not over one hundred and fifty miles twelve and a half cents and not over four hundred miles eighteen and three-quarters cents and for greater distances twenty-five cents on the ninth of march eighteen twenty nine hon william t barry of kentucky was commissioned postmaster-general by president jackson and called to a seat in his cabinet being the first postmaster-general to receive that honor postage stamps introduced early in eighteen thirty six pony expresses as they were called were put into operation on the principal turnpike roads of the southern and western states for the purpose of carrying letters of persons desiring greater expedition press news and government dispatches at triple the ordinary rates but the experiment was abandoned not proving profitable 
in july eighteen thirty eight the department was reorganized and an auditor appointed the office of third assistant postmaster general was also created at that time railroads were declared post routes by act of congress in july eighteen thirty eight and the mails carried upon them postage stamps of five and ten cent denominations with the faces of franklin and washington respectively were introduced in eighteen forty seven previously all postages were collected entirely in money prepayment being optional july eighteen fifty one a new series of stamps was adopted consisting at first of denominations of one and three cents but afterwards of larger amounts progressive steps taken rapidly sketched for reference the more important progressive steps that followed show that during the administration of president tyler while hon charles a wycliffe of kentucky was postmaster-general many reforms were instituted such as cheapening the postage improving the manner of letting routes by contract prohibiting private expresses and restricting the franking privilege prior to this period letters were not rated by weight but by enclosures for instance, a letter containing three banknotes, for which the single letter charge would be eighteen and three-quarter cents for over a hundred and fifty miles, was then charged seventy-five cents, the enclosure making it a quadruple letter. Under the new system, the rate was measured by the weight. All weighing not over half an ounce were regarded as single letters and carried for five cents for distances not over three hundred miles, and ten cents for greater distances. In 1850, the foreign desk, from which ultimately grew the admirable arrangement of the Postal Union, was instituted by Honorable Horatio King of Maine. Through the efforts of Judge Hall of New York, Postmaster General under President Fillmore, the postage on letters was reduced to three cents. The registration system came in under Postmaster General Campbell of Pennsylvania during the administration of President Pierce. The free delivery service was inaugurated in 1863 by Honorable Montgomery Blair of Maryland, also the money order system in 1864 in Lincoln's administration. The railway mail service dates from July 1862, when Judge Holt of Kentucky ordered its establishment, the first railway post office being from Quincy, Illinois, to St. Joseph, Missouri, on the Hannibal and St. Joseph Railway historical data a summary of historical data covering some of the principal features of postal progress may be given in chronological order as follows postage stamps first issued at new york july eighteen forty seven stamped envelopes first issued june eighteen fifty three letters registered july eighteen fifty five newspaper wrappers act of congress february eighteen sixty one free city delivery july eighteen sixty three money order system november eighteen sixty four international money orders october eighteen sixty seven postal cards may eighteen seventy three postage reduced to two cents october eighteen eighty three special delivery october eighteen eighty five rural delivery october eighteen ninety six postal savings january nineteen eleven parcel post january nineteen thirteen 
the maximum number of post offices in the united states seventy six thousand nine hundred and forty five was reached in nineteen o one since which time by the introduction of rural delivery the number has steadily declined twenty one thousand eleven having been discontinued july nineteen sixteen there were fifty five thousand nine hundred thirty four in operation extent of post routes in miles in seventeen ninety was one thousand eight hundred seventy five in nineteen fifteen the number was one million six hundred seventy two thousand one hundred sixty nine the miles of service performed in nineteen fifteen amounted to six hundred seventeen million five hundred twenty seven thousand seven hundred ninety five the entire compensation paid to postmasters in seventeen eighty nine was one thousand six hundred fifty seven in nineteen sixteen the estimated amount was thirty one million one hundred fifty thousand end of section one